Hello, I'm Victoria. And I'm Johnny. Welcome to Tasty Pages. A podcast for people who love cookbooks, food, and cooking. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook from our popular Cooking the Books Instagram page. We'll also discuss the dishes that we made and rank the book in a variety of categories. Including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. The conversation is always unscripted, unedited, and uncensored. Spoiler alert, Victoria likes to swear. (laughs) All of this takes place in our living room in the heart of Minneapolis. Oh yeah, we also have a featured show topic with contributions from our listeners, and we end each episode with a lame food-related joke. Usually very lame. Hey now. (laughs) Join Join us for for Tasty Tasty Pages. This week's featured cookbook is... Bare Minimum Dinners by Jenna Helwig. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Victoria. How are you doing? <laughs> What's going on? Nothing. Uh, I'm, it's a Sunday right now. It is. Um, I've had a pretty relaxing day. You did. Um, you painted your toenails. I, first, Exciting stuff here at the, at the Casa. <laughs> first time in about three months. You know, it seems like a really insignificant thing, but it's like one of those little self-care things to me that are really important. It is important. Um, let's see what else. Oh, I got a new... Uh, winter coat today that's kind of important too living in minneapolis yeah well i i ended up uh both of my everyday winter coats were about more than 10 years old and they were kind of falling apart and getting pilly and so when we moved i was like i'm just gonna get rid of these because i know i'm not gonna like patch them up or whatever um, the weather's changing, so I'd weather, say you got it just in time before everyone's out looking for winter coats. Yeah, so it's cute. It's just a simple little black parka, and I'm, I don't want to say I'm excited to wear it for the first time because I don't want the cold weather, but eh, it's going to happen. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Coat Talk, everyone. <laughs> Have a great week. All right. Uh, welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Uh, let's get a few housekeeping things out of the way. If you go to our website, which is wecookbooks.com, and click the store tab, that will direct you to our Amazon.com affiliate page. Um, We get a small, very, very small percentage of any sales that are generated from that. Best of all, it doesn't cost you anything more. So we have a few lists up there. We've got kitchen essentials for home cooks. This is great uh, with uh, the holiday season approaching. You can uh, get some good uh, gift ideas for the home cook in your life. We also have a cookbook category, which is just featuring the best of the best that we've featured on the Instagram feed for cooking the books. And then a new one, Fun Food Finds, which just features the best original project products that we love and use on a regular basis in our own kitchen. Mm-hmm. We're not endorsed by any of these brands. They're just kind of fun little ingredients and foodstuffs that we've discovered. And uh, they would make great gifts as well, if I do say so myself. Agree. <laughs> you, you concur. <laughs> this concur. meeting is adjourned. Uh, let's talk about what we just finished up this week. We had kind of a busy week of, of cooking projects. We did. Um, well, we get sent a lot of books from publishers. Mm-hmm. And some of them just... we. Uh, we don't love enough stuff in them to feature them for a week or it would be really impractical for us to feature them for a week. Yes. Um, Cause I, I, a few of the books that we receive that we're going to be featuring, they're a little bit more involved. They're not something you can just whip up at the end of a busy day during mm-hmm. the week. Yeah. Uh, everything is made from scratch and it just wouldn't be practical for, for us to yeah, try and crank out five of those dishes from a book. So, but it's still, you but know, it's still a valid, worthwhile book. Yes. Yeah, so, absolutely, we've been like picking. You know, we look through the entire book, um, and we pick something out of it that we want to do, and we make it, and we photograph it. Um, yeah. So, let's see. We've had, um, we've made dumplings. We've made ice cream. We made a chicken pasta salad. You did some baking. I did some baking. Well, I'm just finishing up the Nadia Hussein book, um, Nadia Bakes, mm-hmm. and and this cake that I made was wild. Yeah, it was, it was done all on the stovetop. I'll get into it when we cover. But I yeah. let me just say I've never made a cake that way. Um, I hope 
that it turned out the way it should. The te- the- it tastes good. We had some last night. We we had some with the ice cream mm-hmm. that I made from scratch. It was kind of a mashup. Yeah. Mashup dessert. Yeah. So. And both were really good. Mm-hmm. I forget how much I love actual real homemade ice cream. Because I know you a lot fool of times, yourself into like thinking yeah. that you really actually do like Halo Top. You're you like, do. oh, I, Halo Top. Yeah. We've talked about it on previous episodes. I, I like. Halo Tap, it's a healthy alternative, but it's, yes, it's not the it same. Yes, it is not the same thing. It is not the same. I get it. Um, um, oh, we're getting a new stove this week. I know. We and talked about our trials and tribulations <laughs> uh, with our stove that, from our new place here in Minneapolis on a previous episode. It, it's still not quite resolved, but they're working on it. And the new stove that we're getting will have all working burners. Which all be- working burners. It's going to be a convection like our old one. It will not have a proof drawer, which is sad. But here's the thing. Since it's a convection a convection oven, it comes with like an air fryer rack, yeah. which I am really excited. Yeah, because we, we're a big fan of the air fryer function mm-hmm. on our Ninja Foodie Instant Pot that we've, we've talked about before. So this just means but we can make lar- a much larger batch. We can cook for a crowd. Right? All right. Pretty exciting. Everyone's invited to our house for chicken wings <laughs> and uh, chicken tenders. <laughs> French and, fries. And French fries. <laughs> Next week. Be there. Uh, you want to talk about what we're doing next? Yes. Actually, we are going to be working from two books. Um, one is a situation of where it will not be practical for us to try and plow through this, through this book in a in a week. And um, it's uh, Zoe's Gone a Kitchen by Zoe Ajanya. Uh, yeah. um, but I'm ha- very excited. I'm excited. That is a cuisine I don't think either of us are really familiar with. Yes. And I think I think the things that we chose will like test our cooking muscle. Yeah. Um, she, all of her recipes are like, it really focuses on like sustainability and stuff. Um, but I'm worried about sourcing some yes. of the ingredients. So we had, we also had to be very mindful in choosing palm our, oil. is palm oil common? Are we going to be able to find that? It is, but, uh, uh, it is there's a big problem with um, ethically like What's how it's sourced. What's our dog doing back there? She uh, apparently she wants to play now. I, I heard her drinking a second ago, but I wondered if maybe there was some vodka in her dish no, or something because now she's rustling around, acting like got, a crazy lady. She's got the wubba in her mouth. Okay. So oh, okay. Let's stop talking about the dog. Um, and then we're going to be uh, doing Malibu Farm Sunrise to Sunset by Helene Hend- Henderson. Um, this is going to be an interesting one as well. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a kind of Scandinavian angle to the cooking. Sure. Yeah. But it, I mean, yeah, it's it focuses on like really fresh ingredients. Yeah. Um, I know we're going to be doing a poke bowl out of there, yeah. which I've never done before. Um, but I'm like, sure. I love sushi, so we might as well give it a try. Yeah. Um, That's going to be a fun one. Yeah. Hey, what are we drinking, by the way? Oh. This is, we're, we're having two different cocktails. We are. I am just drinking a regular vodka martini, little dirty, and I've discovered that I actually do like adding a little bit more vermouth into my martini. Right. Um And I have blue cheese stuffed olives. Yep. And what are you drinking? Oh, some bullshit I whipped up. <laughs> I, He's we, not a... He sometimes... His cocktails are either really great or really not good. Yeah, this kind of falls right in between, <laughs> I think, if I'm if I'm giving myself a little bit of credit. It's just gin, Campari, this lemon elderflower drink from Trader Joe's. Slide that over here. I want to taste mixer. it. And then uh, I put a little lime wedge in there. A little, a little too heavy on the Campari, I think. It's a little bitter. But, uh, eh. No, not that, good. <laughs> yeah, that face tells me all I need to know. I'll, I'll, I'll hate drink it. <laughs> I hate drink. I'll choke it down, yep. my George. I won't enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> hey, most important, let's talk about what's for dinner tonight. Mm, don't have to cook. Don't have to photograph. Yeah. We're doing takeout. Yeah. We're, pa- we're doing Thai, Thai food. food. Uh, oh, update on our uh, previous episode where we were going to do barbecue. We, we got Ted Cook's, mm-hmm. which is near us mm. in Minneapolis. It was... It was on point. It was delicious. Our my, our only quibble, and we didn't know that this that they like automatically coat everything in sauce. 
um, because we tend to like our sauce on the side. I get really worried about like saucy food. Um, But yeah, everything came in sauce and we got the spicy. It was a good heat level. Uh, And all Boy, the meats we, we were delicious. We could have a, a whole show topic with, you know, spirited debate about different barbecue things, you know, like types of sauce, yep. sauce on the side, sauce on them, dry rub, type of meat. Ooh. And here is the thing about Ted Cook's. Usually I'm so deeply and aggressively underwhelmed by the sides of barbecue places. Yeah. They're kind of an afterthought. Yes. The beans and rice from this place. Everyone's got their gummy macaroni and cheese that they want to put on the menu. (laughs) The beans and rice from this place were fucking amazing. And with the the little biscuits too were really good. Yes, the cornbread biscuits. And I'm not a cornbread fan. I know. So go Ted Cook's. Yeah. So if you're in Minneapolis and you're craving some barbecue. But way back in the day, they used to be one of those places that was like... We're open until we run out. Not um, uncommon. It's not like when you run out, you can just whip up some more barbecue. <laughs> but now, I mean, they got bought by someone else. Yeah. Now they actually have set hours. Yes. So. Yeah. Which is nice. I mean, because if it's, and they're open kind of late. They're open until like 10 o'clock. Oh, yeah. So if you are like, like. Barbecue cravings. Yes. Oh, hey, I got a, uh, what's the opposite of like a show recommendation like a show not recommendation a skip it it. okay don't watch baking impossible on netflix it was pretty bad okay here's the thing last night we both went to bed by 9 30 um because we had woke woke up really early we woke up really early at 4 30 in the morning it was a saturday too um i'm disappointed in myself so I started falling asleep. The first thing that I... Okay, the premise of the show is like baking and engineer, yeah, engineering so they, mashup. They pair a baker and a like a engineer together. I, I don't think these people know each other ahead of time. It's no. just like, you know, they paired these people together. And then they're tasked with a challenge. Like bake a cake that, you know, is a boat, but it has to float... On water, it has to be this large. It has to have like a motorized element, you know. So they have these different parameters. And here's the thing: I don't think the 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 bakers or the engineers were all that great at what they were supposed to do. The challenges did not make them look very skilled at what they were. And also, here's what their here's the thing: I am, but I am kind of judging it on like a limited basis because i remember the thing for the boat yeah and i just remember this woman going i'll make it out of rice krispies those float and then i fell asleep yeah and then i woke up and the next thing that i was watching was uh these they're building like these little cars it was a robot yeah a robot had to to navigate an obstacle course yes yeah you didn't miss much in between It was all all suck from beginning to end. Sorry, Netflix, Ooh, but not so, one of their better uh, productions. Yeah, we we won't we are, we are dropping that. We are not yeah. tuning back in. I mean, it was a good. It show was not to good. Watch no. It was not when, a good show to watch. No, it was a good show to watch when you were like falling drinking asleep, some wine, and falling asleep. <laughs> Perfect for that. Perfect for sleeping. When I wouldn't actually, it's a great show to watch when you're not actually watching. Yep, it. that's what I meant to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, so before we get to the show topic, I I don't want to dive too far into the weeds in this because uh, admittedly, I don't think either of us are like too well versed on the this item. I didn't read all the articles about it. But but. it's interesting. And I figured I would like just throw it out there for people to do their their own reading and research. And we'll post a link in the show notes for this episode. Um, there's a great article from The Guardian, but it focuses on former Maf- Master Chef contestant and restaurant owner Elizabeth Hayes 2021 book, Makan, which, and I'm kind of paraphrasing from Bold Fork book, so I definitely give them credit for sharing this news item. Um, but it, it kind of blatantly plagiarized recipes and 
stories from Sharon Wee's 2012 cookbook, which has been out of print, but I think it's actually getting uh, reprinted now because of this controversy. So, you know, there's a silver lining. Uh, Growing up in uh, Nanya Kitchen, um, both, uh, well, a few different uh, people online have been like kind of shining a light on this. Uh, Bonnie Slotnick Cookbooks, um, Cook the Books, which is a New Zealand cookbook store, now serving LA, which is a cookbook store in Los Angeles, and also Plates Magazine, but they've all been raising awareness of this. So you can head to their feeds for a little deeper dive into the allegations, as well as reading like side by side text comparisons. But it's pretty egregious. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you saw some of it. Yeah, I did. I don't think there's any explanation there's no way that this author elizabeth hay could just claim like oh what a coincidence like there were things that were lifted almost verbatim Mm -hmm. from that book and then passed off as her own not only her own recipes but her own like personal experiences growing up which i which is i think is the thing that everyone is kind of it's so gross like that is so gross yeah you know trying to pass off someone else's life experiences as your own it's creepy well number one it's also creepy it's gross it's creepy and and the onus i think is a lot of it is on the publisher because yeah they should have fact checked this stuff so it's uh absolute cooks in in the uk and then macmillan usa here interestingly though the publishers as well as the author elizabeth hay have kind of scrubbed their social media feeds and websites of any evidence that this book ever existed they've kind of pulled it from publication and distribution um neither has offered a statement um Sharon we offered like a, a great statement that you can read on on her page um and I just I just find the whole thing interesting because you know it's it's not uncommon for people to kind of you know if I'm being generous like borrow recipes it or something happens like, all the yeah. time it happens but all the time in this case where you know she's actually like taken these personal stories and passed them off as their own. I, I think people just find it like particularly disturbing. So anyway, interesting. Like I said, we'll post an article um, that I found really great that kind of describes in detail what's going on as well as shared like examples of, of from both books. So you can kind of judge for yourself. Um, yeah, and we'll do that. Um, you want to jump into the show topic? Yes. Let's um, do it. Our show topic is favorite cereal this came about uh i think from the last show and we decided let's run with it yeah we were talking about cereal so uh we got some great answers and uh let's start with mikey b he said they don't make them anymore buckwheats do you remember buckwheats i don't think i do i very vaguely do were they named after buckwheat from the little rascals no i feel like i I feel like i do but i probably don't um Joseph P. said McCann's Steel Cut Oats. That sounds very masculine. I don't like Steel Cut Oats. Steel Cut Oats! I don't like Steel Cuts. What are Steel Cuts? It's the bullshit that you bought that I made those breakfast cookies with, and I was like, these are horrible. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. (laughs) I prefer, like, the Quaker old-fashioned oats. Okay. Sorry, Joseph. Uh, Charlene J. said the healthy version of Lucky Charms, which I, I wasn't aware there was one. Who knew? You can buy Is it, it really though? Buy it at the organic grocery or something. Okay. At the co-op. Uh, but then she buys extra marshmallows and <laughs> makes it not very healthy. So, uh, Charlene, I think you should just buy the regular Lucky Charms. Then. <laughs> or just buy a bag of marshmallows and eat them with yep. the, eat them with milk. <laughs> All right. What else you got? Uh, Mimi M said grape nuts. Oh. Ooh. That's a my, divisive cereal there. My teeth. My teeth would have to say... Go fuck yourself. It's kind of like chewing on fenugreek seeds. Oh, yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, I, I can't fuck with the grape well, nuts. Well, and that crunching sound, Oof. like, oh, oh. You don't want to be like, sitting next to someone on a bus while they're eating grape nuts. Just thinking about that crunching sound in, like, in my own head. Okay, in my own head. Hearing it in my own head while it's happening. 
that gives me the vapors. I think if I were sitting next to you eating grapefruits, I would want to murder you. Grapefruits or grape nuts? Grape nuts. <laughs> <laughs> grapefruits are okay though, right? Grapefruits Just so are we're clear? fantastic. Okay. But like grape nuts, like, because sometimes if you're like, yeah, I do have this like crunchy thing. And sometimes if you're crunching, I have to get up and like walk out of the room because it drives oh, me insane. that's why you do it. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's just this thing and it doesn't happen all the time. I try not to eat crunchy stuff. Yeah. Obnoxiously crunchy stuff. I mean, if we're both eating and we're both crunching, it doesn't bother me. Okay. But like, just like a <laughs> random crunching sound. I'm just like, Ugh, note to self. God. Don't eat crackers by yourself in front of Victoria. See cracker. I don't think crackers really bother me. They're not I don't so know. Crunchy. Like, I get you. Yeah. Uh, Bill S said Wheaties or Lucky Charms if he needs to feed his sweet tooth. Uh-huh. Lots of Lucky Charms votes. Yeah. Surprising. Uh, Melissa G said Wheat Checks. Oh, come on. I'm more of a corn checks girl myself. Okay. All right. Like I, I like, oh, and I love Cinnamon Life too. <laughs> what, what's, what's the difference between that and just regular life in general? Because, well... <laughs> Um, the, well, there's, I'm living my best cinnamon life. <laughs> I'm living my best corn life. It's just what they're made with. Okay. Like, although I don't know, I'm pretty sure that the cinnamon life is. I think all the life cereals are gluten free except for the wheat checks. Obviously. Okay. Ooh, but, this next one's gonna make you angry. Are you mm, sitting down? Mm-hmm. Ra- uh, Marie P says raw oatmeal with milk and sugar. So I'm assuming just like oatmeal with 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 milk poured on it, a little bit of sugar. I not cooked. That's that's my understanding. Yeah, I don't think you'd be down. I for that. don't think I would be. I don't think you can co-sign that. Mm-mm. Okay, but you know, you do you. Right. This is this is all about the listener. Yes. All right, and then the last one. Uh. Meganigan at Meganigans. I love the, the handle too. I know, Good right? One. Uh. For healthy, she said Kellogg's granola in the green box, no raisins, unhealthy, Rice Krispie Treats. So do they actually have Rice Krispie Treat cereal? Yes, they do, apparently. Because I, I thought that was like maybe a misspelling and she meant to say Rice Krispies. No, they're like little balls of uh, Rice Krispie oh, Treats. As, you know, like Rice Krispies weren't... weren't uh, unhealthy enough so they had to like you know turn them into rice krispie treats okay here's a question then, for you yeah and i'm totally like hijacking this uh Hijack rice away. thing did you know that there is actually a trend uh on social media where you make really little mini pancakes and you mm. use them for cereal no pancake cereal oh yeah i'll 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 add to that in a second because that kind of ties in with with picks because I've, okay. I've got a, I've got a good one. So, uh, well, go ahead and share your picks. Yeah. Then. So, well, currently I really don't eat a lot of cereal. You probably eat more cereal than I do. It's been many, many, many years since I've eaten cereal. Yes. Although I will say recently you've been getting the Kellogg Special K with the berries in it. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that's pretty good. I agree. I'm, I'm down with that. And then we just discovered they make a version of that that's pumpkin spice. For a very limited time. Which you had this morning. It's, it's pumpkin season, everyone. <laughs> don't know if you're aware. Don't know if you got you the memo. In case you haven't wandered into a Trader Joe's yep. or a Target. You got a whole aisle of pumpkin shit. <laughs> um, it is yeah. super good. I yeah. love it. I had a bite of it. It was good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, this is hard for me to speak on in the present tense. But then I started thinking about like what I liked in my youth growing up and I was all about the cinnamon toast crunch. Yes. Right. And then, uh, I also was a big fan of the frosted flakes. Mm-hmm. Talk about like unhealthy and <laughs> packed with sugar. <laughs> oh my God. Jesus. It's a, it's a miracle that I, I don't have the diabetes from that. <laughs> uh, and then frosted mini wheats. I also really liked. Oh, did you? Yeah. Those things like shred the top of your mouth, I feel like. That's why they're frosted. <laughs> they're a little softer. Oh, but but what? then I got to thinking about all these other things. And you remember Cookie Crisp? I love <laughs> Cookie Crisp. I mean, cookies and milk, genius. I know, right? Whoever invented that should be really famous. Uh, but yeah, so it was kind of like, uh, I, that's what I thought of. And then, and then when you mentioned the, the little trend of like little tiny pancakes, I was like, oh, yeah. 
kind of like cookie crisp. The other day when we were in the thing with milk poured on it. The other day when we were in the grocery store, I was whining. I was like, I really want some sugar cereal, but like I will not eat sugar cereal. Johnny, the voice of reason. Yeah, I'm like I want some kind of chocolate. Well, I mean, I would never be like I. I wouldn't buy it. I seriously won't buy it. Yeah. Um. What were your picks? My picks were cornflakes. Okay. Special K. Yeah. In the winter, I love oatmeal with some fruit in it. Yeah. Um, so you're kind of speaking like present tense. Yes. Okay. But yeah. Put, younger me. Go, um, go back in your time machine and, and share with the class what you ate when you were well, eating and cereal. This one is actually one of my sugar cereal picks. When I would hang out at my friend Jen's, it sounds like I just went over to her house and I know. ate every day. <laughs> like you spent more time over there than you did at your own house. I, I did. Um I would, she always had Fruity Pebbles. Like, I remember Fruity, fruity Pebbles. Pebbles make me think of just hanging out at Jen's. And so you like, preferred that over the Cocoa Pebbles? Yes. I was um, kind of a Cocoa Pebbles. But I, I, I could, I could do either. And, and yeah. Cocoa Pebbles are good though. Mm. They were, but uh, I mean, I always just had Fruity Pebbles, but in, in a kind of, um, is it healthy? Is it not? I also like Honey Nut Cheerios because they're very yeah. sugary, but they're Cheerios. So you would think they're healthy, but I think they have like just as much sugar in them as like regular sugar cereal. I think you're probably correct. So. All right. Okay. Good. Good topic. Good. Thanks for everyone that shared. Mm-hmm. Let's move into this book. Bare Minimum Dinners by Jenna Helwig. So this was the first book. That we worked on after our move from Chicago to Minneapolis, correct? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you okay over there? You, you, mm-hmm. you got a mouthful of blue cheese olives. <laughs> I Don't do. worry, I got this. <laughs> I'll, I'll 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 pick up the the slack. I'm so professional. Yep, I'll I'll I'll, I'll, I'll carry this thing. Don't worry about it. Uh, but this book definitely allowed us an opportunity to kind of ease back into home cooking, familiarize ourselves with a new kitchen. Take a break from the takeout that we had been eating for about a week oh my or so. God. Not that I'm complaining. It was it was it was nice, but uh, we knew we had to roll up our sleeves and get back to home cooking. Um, but we wanted to keep the prep time and ingredient list and stress level to a minimum, so this was perfect. Yeah, we didn't want to have to make special. We didn't want to have to make multiple trips to different uh, grocery stores to source stuff. Correct. Um, and then this, this book is divided into different chapters, um, intended to save you time where they've got like 30 minutes or less. We'll mm-hmm. dive into this a little bit in more detail with the rankings, but, uh, seven ingredients or less easy cleanup. So whatever, whatever your concern is about a, a recipe, you could probably find something that would kind of fit your needs. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. That. I'm here for you, babe. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about what we made and then uh, we'll go into a little bit more detail on them. Yeah. So here's the bullet list. Uh, zucchini herb pancakes, broccoli shrimp orzo, sweet potato sas- sausage hash. Sausage. <laughs> you're, you're still in Chicago mode. <laughs> Give me, I'll have a sausage. Uh, sweet potato sausage hash. Uh, spiced chicken and rice, instant pot chickpea kale and sausage stew. Um, God, I just sounded like Ramona Singer from uh, Real Housewives of New York. Ooh, there's an obscure reference. It is really not <laughs> obscure for you. Um, <laughs> slow cooker ropa vieja. Uh, and that's it. All right. Okay. We made a lot of stuff from this. We did. Uh, let's talk zucchini or pancakes. Breakfast for dinner. Love it. Yep. Savory uh, savory pancakes. Also love that. This was really easy. Um, here's the thing about the author is she she is okay. You know, she like she's like, it's okay to use like time savers, like boxed mixes. Yes. Occasionally the frozen vegetable. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I don't love it, but if it's 
you know, hell, I'll use a rotisserie chicken when we can. Yeah, and I, and I will say it's probably not how we would normally cook, but I'm not necessarily opposed to it. It's just a, it, it's it, just a choice, and it's that not how kind we... of cooking really can serve a purpose. And you know, if you don't have a lot of time and you want to cook and you like need to take shortcuts, awesome, do, do it. Nice. You know, I mean, yeah, we take shortcuts too. Anyway. Um, it had a bunch of uh, herbs in it, like mint and basil, parsley, cilantro. I feel uh, like we've done a few dishes lately from books where they'll have like kind of an herb mix as, mm-hmm. as a garnish. And I really, I really like it. It's a great way to bring like a nice freshness and like... And to clean out your fridge. Right. <laughs> or garden. All, all the uh, herbs that you have like left over at the end of the week. Yeah. But I just like how it gives you that kind of latitude too. Like you can use any or all and it's great. Um, it's topped with ricotta that's mixed with a little bit of milk and lemon juice. Um, here's the thing though. Like, okay, these were super, super tasty, but I feel like I have this thing where... I expect pancakes to be on the sweet side. Okay. And so there is that little mind twist that I think is like really my own hang up. So you're expecting them to be sweet. And yes. And they're not. In this case, it I mean, wasn't. but they're delicious. I fully enjoyed yeah. them. Yeah. But it is a weird thing. And like, like you will make savory waffles too. And oh, I'm, and man, I love see, a good savory waffle, like, no, especially when we're doing fried chicken. Oh. No. Really? Yeah. Oh, I do, man. I just, yeah, it's a thing. <sighs> I'm sorry you don't agree I'm with me. I'm very disappointed to hear that. <laughs> well, that's okay. I'm going to have to find a new wife that uh, likes savory waffles. I know. After all these years. Listeners, send your applications <laughs> to. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway. what else can I say about those pancakes? They were good. We 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 really leaned into the breakfast for dinner thing. We had bacon and sausage, and it yeah, was great. Not just bacon or sausage, both. But it's got to be no. both. <laughs> we're like, rah, 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 rah. all right. I guess I get to talk about this next one because it was all me. Yeah, broccoli I, and shrimp orzo. I did not have a single taste of this. Yep. So we've mentioned many a time. Victoria's allergic to shrimp, so what we've been doing is uh, surf and turf, and I'll and I'll find a good shrimp recipe. And you'll buy a big gigantic steak. What did you have this time? Do you remember? You had like a big gigantic. It was a steak. Delmonico. Nice. And uh, I just whipped up this, and it was. It couldn't have been easier. It's, it had like five ingredients in it. Um, new technique: um, baking the shrimp in the oven along with garlic on a sheet tray. And I was a little dubious about it, a little skeptical. Yeah, you were kind of grousing about it. You're like, I don't know if this is gonna work. Yeah, I was channeling my best Tom Waits, and I was being grumpy, but. It, to my surprise, it worked out. You just had to keep an eye on it. And I think that's kind of what I was concerned about is like it's it's much easier to kind of keep an eye on something and judge the the doneness when it's in a skillet versus like on a sheet tray inside the oven. How so? Because you got to keep like peeking in the oven at it or turn the oven light on and sit there. Okay. and Yeah. So, but this worked out fantastic. Um and yeah, and then otherwise you just combine the orzo. It had some broccoli in it, a little fresh hit of lemon juice at the end. Um, finished with red pepper and a little bit of Parmesan. I disagree with the Parmesan. Begs the question, does cheese belong on seafood? No. Even if there's pasta involved, I say no. I mean, I enjoyed this, so I didn't mind it, but I'm kind of with you in general in that camp. Like the tuna melt can go fuck itself. Ooh, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I'm not a fan of cheese on, on actual Gross. fish. Gross. Yeah. Sorry to anyone who likes a good tuna melt, but. <laughs> or the filet of, well, okay, number one, it's a filet of fish. Yeah. But I was going to say a filet of fish with cheese. Not our jam. Get that shit out of here. Victoria has spoken. <laughs> okay. It's probably, that, it's probably, she's going to lobby Congress. It's going to become a law. Get them I, while you can because pretty soon it's going to be illegal. I'm just bossy and opinionated, yep. I guess. <laughs> All right. Um, sweet potato and sausage hash. Uh, this is kind of another dish that falls into the like brunch. Slash breakfast, breakfast for dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we use we chose to use hot Italian sausage. Um, and it calls for kale and 
uh, roasted sweet potatoes. They're called uh, for fire roasted sweet potatoes, which I have never seen. No. I, I didn't know that was a thing. No. So we, I believe we cut up our sweet potatoes and parboiled them. And then, and then threw- once they were cut up, I stood there with a lighter and individually <laughs> fire roasted them. Mm-hmm. Before we boiled them, it was painstaking, but I think the results speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay, we parboiled uh, them, uh, and then cast they, iron skillet. Yep, and then you get eggs in there. They get added into the oven, and of course, no dish like this would be complete without some hot sauce. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, there's hot sauce, and there's Marie Sharp's smoked habanero. Yum. Except no substitutes. Also, don't overcook your eggs. Oh, yeah. Did we do that? No, but oh. we did. Uh, it happened on something that we recently made. Yikes. I think it was that. Uh, it was probably my fault. <laughs> it was the thing we made from the Scott Conant book. I know what you speak of, yeah. my lady. That was weird. Yeah. Next one. Shall we continue? Yes. <laughs> Spiced chicken and rice. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't like an easy, delicious one-pot meal? I mean, yeah. So uh, the chicken gets browned. Uh, we, I should hope so, yes. m'lady. Uh, we use chicken thighs. Um, here is the thing, though. It calls... Okay, I don't understand why it said to brown. Like, you get this nice, crispy chicken skin. And then... You put the cover yes. on it to help the rice cook. Yes, I and know the, exactly and where the, you're going And with the skin this. get got like really flabby and gross. And this is not the first recipe where that's happened. Where the, you know they you go through the trouble of browning the chicken, and then somehow it either gets submerged in something so it becomes soggy, obviously, or you put a cover on it and then the condensation builds up and it gets soggy. Yeah, don't don't like do not put the cover like if you have browned your chicken, don't put the cover on there because yeah. it's gonna get. Well, in my opinion, the chick the crispy chicken skin is is like, the best part. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm okay. This butcher that we discovered actually sells packs of just chicken skin. Which I'm like, ah, like I'm dying over. It makes me so happy. Um, anyway, so what we did. Sounds healthy. Well, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> some night you'll come into bed and I'll be just eating a bowl of like crispy chicken skin. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so anyway, what we did was we stuck it under the broiler to kind of try and crisp it up. Unfortunately, some of the raisins got a little bit charred, so That's we scooped right. those out. That's right. Um, we had some issues with presentation for photographing. Yeah, this. but I we mean, made it work. It was it was good. My favorite part of this dish was the charred rice that kind of on the sat bottom. On the bottom, yes. so it was kind of like fried rice. Mm-hmm. Well, really I mean, there. I mean, there are like uh, there's the tad egg, which has like you know you. Full, uh, turn it over and the whole yep. bottom is all crispy. Um, we still have to make one of those. We have not. Note to self. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's uh, talk Instant Pot chickpea, kale, and sausage stew. My, I was probably most impressed by the use of dried chickpeas in this recipe. And you put them on the pressure cooker feature and cook them for about 40 minutes. But no canned chickpeas in this dish. Well, and I was like, I was like, oh, we we didn't soak our chickpeas, but don't, it turns out you don't have to. I've never, I've to. never pressure cooked chickpeas like yeah. uh, dried chickpeas before. There, so there were a few new good to know. Yeah, in this book good to for know. Something that professes to be you know just simple basic cooking. There was there were some new tips and tricks that we had not utilized. Um, it was super easy. You just brown your sausage. Um, the chickpeas cook for about 40 minutes and then you add some kale. Then at the very end, you add your sausage. It gets drizzled with a little bit of um, oil at the end. Man, somehow we ended up with a few metric tons of kale in our fridge for a while. I think we just went overboard at the farmer's market. I know. and, and so I, this was a, a good dish to try and get rid of some of it. Yeah. Man. So, yeah, I remember like... I just had some kale today for lunch. <laughs> Still trying to get rid of it. I feel like in the past month, we've eaten more kale than we oh, do in a year. Man. And I don't know how that happens. I, I, I don't either. But I'm not complaining about it. Yeah. 
You kind of are, but that's okay. It's kale. I'm not complaining. <laughs> I'm not complaining. One like more I... dish. Slow cooker. Ro- is it Ropavea? I think it's Ropavea. Yeah. Or is it Vea? Vea. Oh, Jesus. I got to ask my Cuban friend, Yaz. <laughs> He'll set me straight. Uh, did you know that that translates into old clothes? I sure did. It's, and it's an appropriate term. As the, the ropey fibers from the flank steak kind of look like old clothes, apparently. Tattered, <laughs> tattered old clothes. Okay. Sure. All right. Um, eight hours yeah. is what you'll need for cooking this. We had this on the stove all... This was a, I believe this was a weekend thing that we made, too. Yes. We cleaned and ran errands and and, and the whole time our, our condo is filling up with lovely smells yeah so basically it's a flank steak red onion or red bell pepper onion garlic jalapeno some uh diced tomatoes a little bit of cumin and oregano remember uh, when no one ate flank steak and it was really cheap <laughs> jesus not the case anymore um and then at the end you add you uh add some Green olives and capers uh, for some saltiness. A little bit of cilantro for some freshness. Yeah. And then we just warmed up some tortillas. Mm-hmm. And little tacos almost. It was delicious. Mm-hmm. And we had a lot of it left over. Oh, we so... Yeah, I don't think we we were able to eat all of it. Oh, I hate throwing away leftovers. I know, I do too. sometimes it has to be done because like we ate it for like two or three days. Yeah. And it was just like, okay, enough already. Mm-hmm. I, I can't anymore with this. Sounds really good right now, though. Right? Oh. All right. That was a, it was a good book. It was. We enjoyed it. Um, before we discuss our rankings, we'll discuss the most critical Amazon reviews. And I've got to say, these are the most strange <laughs> ones that I think I've encountered since we started doing this. So um, there were two one-star reviews, uh, <laughs> the first of which, Donna... Says, what gives? This isn't a cookbook. It's a book on astrophysics. Someone made a big mistake. This is not a cookbook. Do not waste your money on this book. So disappointed. And that had me scratching my head. I was a little baffled. And then I read the second one-star review. Take it away, Victoria. (laughs) Received a book on it. Astrophysics. I pre-ordered the Kindle version of this book, and the cover was bare minimum, but the inside content was a book on astrophysics. (laughs) I'm totally dumbfounded by this. I see another review that this happened to someone, and I guess I wouldn't believe it if it didn't happen to me, but it sure did. Would you love to read the actual book, though? Just disappointed I can't get the digital copy. Yeah. Whoopsies! How bizarre! I hope they've resolved that. I'm sure. I'm if I was sure. the author, I'd be a little bit concerned. I know. I'd be like, "What the fuck?" I mean, I'd be happy that people think I wrote a book on astrophysics. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's like a whole new not just double food, but astrophysics. Chef, astrophysician, physician, physicist, physicist. <laughs> physician. <laughs> that's a whole different no. thing. No, you didn't just say that. <laughs> I did. <laughs> All right. Oh let's, my god. Let's, let's talk our rankings. <laughs> Beginning with food photography and <laughs> styling. You just snorted. You want, me to, you want me to do this first? Okay. Okay. You, All right. You, you got it? You okay over there? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> What'd you give it for food photography and styling? <laughs> <laughs> I gave it a four. Okay. Um, here's the thing. It was... The photography was really simple, like the recipes. I think it served the message of the book really nicely. And it was all food. Um, the lighting was great. The color palette was very, very light. The food looked colorful and delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, it was mostly like overhead flat lay and 45 degree angles. And there was like no, not really any extraneous stuff other than like the food in the vessel and right. uh, utensils and maybe a glass or two or like a condiment mm-hmm. thing. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, it it served the purpose of the book very well. Perfect. I gave it a four as well. Okay. I think most currently released cookbook titles realize oh. the importance of having pleasantly styled and photographed recipes. So even basic, simple cooking books like this will have that and they have it covered. 
gone are the days when you can just kind of phone in the photography and the styling and stuff. Um, I think people realize the importance of that. So um, these dishes are probably a little bit more fancy in presentation in the book than most home cooks would bother with. I agree. I agree. (laughs) Um, But they do make for enjoyable viewing and reading. Um, I noticed that each chapter title page has like a kind of a two page photography spread Mm -hmm. that would showcase like a dish in progress. So it would have like the raw ingredients like scattered on the counter and a knife or something like that. And um, each recipe generally would have a companion dish. So Mm -hmm. and then like you said, uh, nice use of props and garnishes, but there was nothing too extraneous, mostly overhead shots. Mm hmm. Um, but there were some head-on and 45-degree angle ones. So, yeah, mm-hmm. no complaints. We have this ice machine in our kitchen. And when it's dropping ice into the container, it always sounds like someone's knocking on the door. Like, Yeah. I'm always and, like, who's here? And so uh, there's been several times when we'll just be sitting here and then like it's kind of alarming. And you're just like, we're like, we're not expecting yeah. company. First world problems. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to our next one. Design and layout. What did you give it? I gave it a three. Okay. Uh, paperback cover. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was intentional, if it's trying to keep with the kind of humble theme of the well, topic of the book. Paperback covers are also less expensive, sure. too. Uh, slightly smaller in size. Mm-hmm. Um. Most recipes fit on one page. I thought it, the recipes were very easy to read and follow. Um, I liked how the chapters were divided into different kind of like quote unquote bare minimum. So uh, it was like time, ingredients, cleanup, hands on time, sides. So like depending on what maybe your objective was or Mm -hmm. your concern was like if you were short on time you didn't have a lot of ingredients you didn't want to do a lot of cleanup effort you could find a recipe that kind of appealed to you i think that's such a smart way to organize this book too otherwise there's not a lot of extra material within the book but i did appreciate um she has a little section a little paragraph before the recipes start called my cooking mantra and she basically says like it's going to be fine Reminding the reader that substitutions are okay and that there's very few genuine kitchen like disasters. Mm-hmm. And um, we've talked about that on on this show where it's not just like a pass fail like when you're cooking from a recipe. Like there's different degrees of that and rarely are you going to have something that's just completely inedible. Yeah. So kind of trying to boost the confidence of the home cook and say like, hey relax it's going to be okay mm-hmm. make one of these dishes you you know it might not look exactly like the photo it might not you know if, if you need to make a substitution or two it's going to be okay it's probably going to be good and worst case scenario she says you know there's always a pb and j sandwich mm-hmm. in a pinch and i think that's great mm-hmm. it's why we keep an emergency frozen pizza in our freezer mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, you have? I gave it a four. Uh, you were talking about how it's how the sections are broken up, and like, I really appreciate that. And the first twenty three pages of the book, where like the cooking mantra is is in, mm-hmm. are very very helpful. Like, there's like, I mean, there's the setup. There's you know the pantry, mm-hmm. um, canned goods that she likes to use. Um, just really useful information. Uh, I gave it a four. Perfect. Um, degree of difficulty. All right. I gave it a two. Okay. Um, it's not peanut butter and jelly level easy, uh, but recipes are really simple. They're easy to follow. And yeah, some of them use like store-bought ingredients. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's like shortcuts like, Box mixes, uh, frozen items. I know that the like the pierogi recipe actually called for like frozen pierogies. Perfect. You know, like who? <laughs> because making yeah. pierogies, let's as we've as we know, it's an afternoon's worth of work. It is. So, um, in the context of this book, yeah, I think it's totally fine, and I give it a two I would feel perfectly confident giving this to a novice cook and being like go run with it yep 
What'd I, you give it? I gave it a one. Okay. Wow. I don't think it gets much easier than this, personally. Okay. Most of the recipes contain less than eight ingredients and are ready in less than 30 minutes. Uh, as you said, I, I would think this would be a great book for a beginner, especially if they're kind of looking to expand their repertoire, if they have kind of a limited amount of, of things that they normally make. Mm-hmm. This would be a great book where they could kind of branch out. But It's also good for people that don't have like a, a huge like flavor palette. Sure. Uh, because, well, and I'll get to this like in the taste section, but I feel like... The flavors are not going to like bowl you over. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think they were necessarily didn't sacrifice. We just talked in this previous episode about the Chinese food made mm-hmm. easy where in their effort to really simplify things, they totally sacrificed flavor. Well, there was no flavor in yeah. that book And I don't think all. this book did that. You know, like it would it it was pretty expertly crafted in that regard. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Uh, taste. I gave it a, th- I gave it a 3.5. Um, everything that we had was great. It was tasty. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to tinker a lot with like this, you know, with like the seasonings that were given in the book, right. in the recipe. Um, but I do think like some of the dishes that were made, well, I guess that's not really fair of me, though, because that is not the objective of this book. Because I was going to say, like, you know, you could have gotten deeper flavors. Sure. Um, but, like, like say, like, cooking, uh, instead of using water for chickpeas, use did we use stock when we cooked the chickpeas? Most likely. <laughs> uh, well, I think we used stock. Yeah. Uh, but I think the recipe calls for water. Sure. But stuff like that, like, there's like a little extra inch that you could probably go to sure. achieve a better flavor. Yeah. But I mean, I wasn't like, there was nothing that was like, Oh, this is awful. Like I was or bland. Yeah. I, I mean, was, that, that was my biggest takeaway from this is like quick does not have to be like, bleh. yeah, there you go. What'd you um, give it? I give it a four. Okay. For the same reasons I said quick and simple does not need to be bland. I don't know what more I can say. I, I looked through, you know, kind of reviewed all the recipes we made and we enjoyed everything. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a great way to kind of ease back into cooking getting, getting yeah. back to stuff. Cause we had been like so consumed with our move and I enjoyed everything. I and I also have to say, like, I was very happy cooking from this book because it was ha- like, I was so glad just to be like cooking yeah. again. Like, I was just it. like, ah, yeah, love it. All right. All right. So if you enjoyed the show, please rank and review us. Uh, you can follow us on social media. Um, our Instagram is at we underscore cook underscore books. And at we cook books is our Facebook. Perfect timing. I just finished my drink. Okay. Wow. Couldn't have planned that better if I tried. All right. Make me laugh, Mr. Right. Bomber. Joke time. Uh, Victoria, did you hear about this priest who gave it all up to become a chef? I guess you could say that he's now a man of the broth. <laughs> Hello. Is this thing on? <laughs> that was so not funny. <laughs> no, it wasn't funny. Oh. Man. <laughs> All right, I'll try better next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a fantastic week. Be safe. Wear a mask. Stay hungry.